Hello and welcome to Owning It, the podcast that celebrates the inspiring choices made by women who refuse to simply follow the crowd and chose the road less traveled. I'm your host, Sandhya Tukaram, and in each episode, we'll have real conversations with these incredible women who choose to carve their own path because following just isn't an option. They may not be making headlines, but every one of them is a role model. So join me and let's explore the power of choice and the inspiration it brings right here on Owning It. My guest today, Kritika Nadik, Senior Software Engineer at Logically Bengaluru, is all about owning her choices every step of the way. From a grandmaster chess player as a child, to journalist and travel writer, to finally making a 360 transition to becoming a software engineer, Kritika's story shows us impossible is nothing. Join me as she shares her intriguing story. Kritika, hi. Thanks for joining me on Owning It. In a sense, today is the first day we've seen each other online virtually. Uh, but I enjoyed learning a little bit about your journey in our previous conversation and, and the friend that connected us. And I can't, wear, uh, can't wait to share your story with the world. So thank you for joining me. I want to start, Kritika, where I always start. It's usually go back in time. But you're, unlike a lot of us, you're taking us back to a point in time in your youth or when you were a young girl is a very accomplished time in your life. Uh, you started to play chess at eight and you went on to be a competitive chess player. Take us back to that time in your life, what it meant to be a competitive chess player, child prodigy, uh, and what were your aspirations at that time, Kritika? Thanks so much for inviting me to your podcast, Sandhya. Really glad to be here having this conversation. It's been a long journey. Uh, I was a competitive chess player for a long time. Um, started playing when I was eight, just learning the basics and so on. And uh, I played uh, very seriously and competitively for about 10 years uh, from the time that I was about 11 years old and actually started winning some tournaments, first at the state level and then at the national level. Um, a uh, bit wary of the word prodigy because in the chess world we actually apply these words to people like you know Anand and Carlson so it's flattering as well as uh, you know a bit uh, uh, overwhelming and embarrassing to be called that um, but yes I mean that that was life for a, re for a really long time and uh, it it was sort of organic my chess career it wasn't something that was planned out when i was a child uh one thing just uh, happened after the other so uh, i started out playing uh you know state championships uh in the uh, children's categories uh won a few of those and then went on to win, win the nationals so um the next steps were sort of very obvious. You know, you win the state championship, you go on to play the nationals, then you represent the country and things just happen that way. Um, and I would say that those 10 years were like a whirlwind of, um, you know, tournaments and um, excitement, adrenaline, lots of highs and lows, uh, lots of extreme emotions. Um, quite different from, uh, I guess, uh, you know, a lot of people's childhood in the sense that, uh, you know, uh, I had to grow up pretty fast because you're exposed mm. to the world very fast, uh, you know, when you're in a field like that, uh, you know, traveling without parents, with coaches, with managers, 
um, and uh, representing the country. So it was a very intense and interesting time of life. Uh, I think of it as another lifetime. Did you enjoy it at that time as a young person who and, and training, like you said, is intense and your life is about managers and coaches and traveling. Um, and it sounds very exciting to me from the outside. But as a young Kritika between the ages of what, 11 till you were 18? Was that the phase? Was it yeah, something? Yeah, till I finished my uh, undergraduate degree. So till I was about 21. That was the time that I was playing uh, very seriously as a professional. And you enjoyed it and you owned it and you felt this was the choice you were making? So I wouldn't say that it was a conscious choice. I was just sort of being propelled forward by events rather than decisions. Mm. You know, uh, there wasn't that much time to pause and think and reflect. And that also wasn't really something... Uh, you know, uh, one was doing at the time, you know, at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I fell in love with chess, um, mm. you know, like a, a lot of uh, players do. So uh, that didn't happen. Uh, I don't think I ever called it my passion, even though it mm. was my career. Um, yeah. Sometimes I would even wonder if something was wrong with me because I didn't have this feeling. I would look around me and, you know, I could see that... Um, my contemporaries, many of them were clearly chess lovers, uh, but uh, I wasn't as such, although uh, although I was playing full time. So you've played com competitively. It was something that naturally evolved from playing. You went on to doing events and things came to you. But somewhere there, you like you said, you didn't fall in love with it. And so at 21, after a fairly good run, uh, at something that was a way of life, but not necessarily your passion, you decide to change the course of your life. You decide to uh, embark on a career or at least the path of journalism. And at 21 yeah. is when you went on to study a journalism course. I didn't treat chess as an end in itself. Uh, you know, I didn't, you know, fully immerse myself in it. It was more like a means to an end where I suppose the end was, uh, you know, a sort of state of mythical happiness that I was trying to achieve. Uh, so I had a particularly good year. Uh, this was about, uh, I think, 2008, 2009. I had a really good year in which um, I won my third national championship, uh, won a couple of medals in Asian and Commonwealth uh, championships. And I also became a woman grandmaster, which is a, a Amazing. title. Amazing. Yeah, thanks. So that's a title given by the World Chess Federation. Uh, so that was a really good year. And uh, as that year was coming to an end, I had this feeling like, okay, this is great. Uh, I feel happy. I'm in a good place. And it, this feels like a good time to sign off, you know, because I had been feeling slightly uneasy, uh, not sure whether I wanted to do this uh, for, you know, very much longer as a professional. Um, and it just happened to coincide with the time that I had uh, you know, finished uh, undergrad. So it also seemed like, okay, now I can actually transition into something else. And um, I didn't feel like I had a ton of options in terms of career because chess had been my career. Um, I hadn't really um, paid a lot of attention to coursework in school and college. Uh, you know, my uh, attendance rate was not great because <laughs> I was constantly traveling all around the country and the world. Um, so, uh, but I had always been fond of um, reading and writing and literature. Mm. And um, I had this sense that uh, I should do something related to writing. 
um so around this time i mean i, I was also sharing these thoughts uh with my parents and um my dad uh who, who was there then but he he passed away uh soon after that but uh at that time um he said to me, okay, why don't you, uh, why don't you study for the CAT, try and, you know, get into the IAMs or something. And I actually briefly considered that, but mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I sort of didn't want to do it. Uh, I think I was also looking to uh, do something that would be a little uh, comforting. And mm -hmm. I, I found uh, reading and writing comforting at, at that point, you know, coming out of the very high stress world of chess. So I thought that, okay, let me, let me explore uh, journalism. So, uh, so yeah, I applied to the Asian College of Journalism and got in, and that was the beginning of you know the sort of second phase of my career. The the twenties. Yes. What was the reality of that? You've made a new choice. What were the twenties and being a journalist like? So obviously, it wasn't soothing. <laughs> I was very naive <laughs> when I thought that journalism would be comforting in any way. I think the twenties were just all about. Uh, I mean, for me, it was. I would say a recovery phase mm -hmm. where I was just trying to figure out uh, how I could lead an interesting life uh, in the world, uh, which out, outside of the chess world, mm -hmm. you know, just sort of experimenting and trying to see what can I do? What kind of life uh, can I lead? So I did a whole bunch of things uh, in my twenties. Um, I wouldn't uh, call myself a journalist, but I would call myself a writer because mm -hmm. um, I moved away from news writing into uh, feature writing quite soon after after college. Um, and um, you know, I, I mean, it was it was just all about uh, trying new things and taking risks for me. What um, were some of those things? You know, I got a job at the Times Group, which I had really been looking forward to. And then uh, I, I quit in four months because uh, I didn't find it interesting enough. Um, I took up travel writing assignments uh, in like really uh, far flung parts like Nagaland and, and so on, you know, like not knowing what I'll be getting into, but just going. So in you actually traveled and uh, wrote. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was a travel writer for a few years, a few things like that. I also started uh, my own business in my uh, mid 20s. Um, so I started a co-working space in Pune and this was before, uh, this was a couple of years before WeWork, etc. We uh, were really ahead of the curve yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. I did that uh, for a year and um, I mean, I, I was quite involved in it, you know, like I got, I got paying customers in the first week. The twenties were largely about figuring out what I liked to, to do and what I could do. And uh, things started to turn in my late twenties when um, I started to feel like um, I needed to make some changes, you know, it I had sort of been, although physically I had been really adventurous, but mentally I was very much in a comfort zone mm. where um, in terms of, you know, actual learning and, uh, you know, professional achievement, uh, I felt like I needed to maybe start, you know, uh, pushing myself a little bit uh, in one particular direction. So when I was about um, 28, I decided to move away from home. I was living with my parents. I started applying for jobs in Bombay because I felt like I need to, you know, sort of um, change things, you know, just sort of uh, mix it a up. new environment. Yeah. Exactly. So I got a job in Bombay and I moved away. And uh, although this was a couple of years before I uh, transitioned into a tech career, but I think this was also a turning point for me. It was a turning point for my uh, way of thinking, probably. So what was this job? 
so this this was also a writing job uh this was with a, a firm that was uh working in the museum design sector so um i was doing some research and writing for museum exhibits um so i've had like a variety of writing gigs <laughs> in my 20s each one more different than the last it wasn't just the job it was also you know moving to bombay uh again it was the second time that uh, i was in bombay but this time i was older you could embrace the city for what it was and i also began to realize that uh i need to start uh planning my life a little bit because you know bombay is uh challenging yeah. uh, and expensive and um, you know it's not so easy to just go with the flow uh over there you yeah. need to sort of uh start planning a little bit about okay how are you going to survive what are you going to do next and so on um at least that's how i felt that's when i started thinking about um okay how do i actually try and give some direction uh to my career now 20 sounded like an adventure where you were experimenting uh, and you were trying to figure out what to do did you enjoy it or was it mentally um tough or is it something you said no i i'm very clear that i'm experimenting to get somewhere i was very happy to uh, not have a plan okay <laughs> no and that's 20s. lovely and that's a choice too right yes yeah. yes because like like i uh, like i mentioned i i now in hindsight it feels like it was a recovery period for me where i was trying to uh, not uh, constrain myself too much because my identity had very uh, strongly and firmly become that of a chess player mm. uh, you know like throughout my childhood uh, whenever i met people they would be like oh you're the girl who plays chess and that continued uh, you know for a long time even after i had stopped playing professionally that was a very strong identity that i had and i guess i was uh, uh, subconsciously um, trying to not fit into any one box mm. uh, after uh, having decided to move on from that so it was your unboxing phase yes yes I, you could say that <laughs> yeah unboxing myself trying to figure yeah. out uh, what's inside so um uh yeah so i uh, was pretty uh, sure that i wanted to take those kind of risks and go on those kind of adventures uh, that's amazing yeah i also had a really supportive family um you know so although my uh, lifestyle had changed completely uh, you know from like being a professional chess player who had like a certain training routine tournament schedule uh, etc and uh, to becoming someone who was now doing other things in life and it wasn't just professionally but even uh, even i think my personality was changing you mm. know because of the exposure to uh, newer things and newer things, things newer yeah. people uh, so in fact one funny thing is that um so i have some lovely friends uh, from college uh, from acj a lot of them became my friends several years after college not in college mm. and uh, they would and one of the things that uh, they would say to me is that you know we didn't like you in college <laughs> they say that we didn't like you in college and when i asked why they said it was because you were really cold and closed and we thought mm. that you're arrogant you know so coming from the uh, from from, from the, a more regimented kind exactly, of existence yeah. it took exactly. you a so while coming to... from there it took a while to uh, honestly even to pick up you know very simple socialization skills i would say yeah. uh, in a sense because chess was a very uh, different disciplined individual and it's all yeah and it's really individual in that sense so you spoke about this unconscious choice to experiment to discover new things and open yourself to a different kind of life which you did and so in hindsight you don't think 
it was risky and it and you don't think it was an exhausting or uh, it caused you uh, anxiety it was something you did because you wanted to do which is lovely Absolutely. and then yeah. you came to bombay and uh, bombay like we touched on briefly forces you to ask a few questions you also met your husband there so it opened you up to a new world and a new perspective then yeah. what when i was in bombay i started thinking about things like um you know what i want my life to start shaping up to be like and uh, one thing that started becoming more and more clear to me was that uh, i need to make more money mm-hmm. um so i mean i've always uh, i've always been earning i started earning at a very young age uh, because of the pri- because of the prize money um, and the scholarship money and so on so i'd always been sort of financially uh, self-sufficient yeah yeah but um but once i uh, was in my late 20s and in bombay i also started realizing that i need to make more money and i need to start think making a financial uh, plan or having some kind of you know sustainable savings habit uh, you know to sort of plan for my life ahead um and the kind of writing gigs that uh, i was picking up uh weren't really going to cut it was what i figured because they were great in terms of uh you know the the kind of writing that i could do the kind of people i was meeting and the experiences and so on but um not very great in terms of uh you know actual uh, compensation so um so i started looking around and uh, and one big decision that i made was to apply for a corporate job mm-hmm. so i uh so i sort of uh, found this uh, position at amazon which was like content marketing it was it was related to their publishing business uh, so i thought okay i've i've been a writer so this seems like uh, it might be a good fit so i prepared and uh, applied uh, and i sort of got that job um and uh, that job was like a was the turning point because uh, it was terrible <laughs> i unfortunately uh, happened to find myself in a, a position that turned out to be really stressful and kind of toxic in several ways and um um you know just working 7 days a week 14 hours a day um and it never seemed to end um there was also uh, a lot of things that i'd never encountered before like workplace politics etc it was and it, i felt like okay these are not the things that i want to spend my time on um you know there has to be uh, something that's like better suited so um i just i stuck it out like for a year and then uh, a year into it i decided that i want to move on and then there was this uh and then there was this huge uh, crisis really because i didn't know what to do i didn't know what to do next mm-hmm. uh i felt like i had probably reached um the most financially rewarding kind of job that a writer could get in a and sense. you didn't you hated it I hated it. So, uh I didn't want to go back to what I was doing, but uh, I also didn't know what to do. So, I was just thinking about, you know, what I should do. And um my husband uh said to me, "Why don't you learn how to code?" Uh hmm. you know, I think you'd be a great uh, coder. And I said that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you oh. know, I yeah. you know, like I'm I'm not uh I don't have an engineering degree. Like to me, this was always something that people did after they had, you know, taken science, done engineering. yeah and it etc you know that's the path 
um so i said it why i mean this doesn't uh, make any sense he wasn't uh, saying it for the first time he had said it before as well mm, um interesting yeah just, yeah just a few months after we'd met and i hadn't taken it seriously then uh, but he said no i think you know you've been a chess player you should you should give this a shot i feel like you might have the aptitude so i started thinking about it and uh, i had sort of been dabbling uh with the uh data analytics side of things at my uh corporate job because i was doing i was in the marketing uh team so uh, we had to like to sort of make like these regular uh reports and dashboard analysis yeah. all of that stuff so i was like okay maybe there is some kind of link here i don't know let me explore it so i decided that um, i would explore this and um, i started teaching myself how to code mm -hmm. um so this was I think I was just uh, just into my thirties then, and um, it was obviously like a completely new universe, and uh, it was very hard. It was <laughs> very hard to start learning um, something new, you know, which was so different from um, anything I'd done before. Uh, but I basically took a, a year off to study, mm -hmm. so uh, people were aghast. They were they said. you you quit your job at amazon and uh, now you're just you know sitting at home and looking at some books like what are you doing mm -hmm. you know uh, when when i put in my notice there were people in the company who who sort of messaged me and they said oh congrats are you moving to google and i said no <laughs> that's not what's happening here you know i'm going to so, learn how to code which i've never yeah. done in my life yeah, yeah. so um Fortunately I found the right kind of resources um so I did I did a classroom course for 6 months and then I also uh you know was studying on my own using uh, books etc there's this one book I have uh, it's called um I bought it several years ago it's called uh, learn python the hard way and um the introduction to that book really spoke to me um because uh, the author you know uh, he said things like you'll find this book difficult um if all of your life people have told you that you're gifted or you're a prodigy and and therefore you're uh, afraid to do something new because it'll make you look stupid or um, you know how wonderful though yes and i was like it was, oh my god both it's, it's <laughs> empathetic and challenging yes both yes so yeah. there were there were things like this uh you know fortunately i i encountered uh, some really nice pieces of advice and encouragement as as i was studying that made me feel like okay this 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 is actually something i might be able to do if only i can uh, overcome these barriers in my mind to uh, you know to pick up a new skill to practice that new skill because it it requires a lot of practice day after day mm -hmm. you know to learn a new technical skill um, uh especially in your you know 30s and later yeah. uh, i think so um so yeah i did that for a while and um i also read this really fantastic book uh by cal newport i don't mm. know if you've heard of him he's famous for his book deep work mm. um but there's another one that he wrote before that it's called um, so good they can't ignore you wow <laughs> and <laughs> i read that one um you know during that phase when uh, i was teaching myself programming and um, it introduced me to this concept of career capital mm. um which is uh, i mean the definition of that is something like uh, you know career capital are those uh, valuable and rare skills that you have which you can use as leverage to get what you want in in your career as you move forward mm. and for me my career capital was 
my chess experience and my writing experience yeah you know so i i you know when i reflected on it i felt that okay you know for all of those years that i have been a chess player clearly i have trained my mind to be good at certain kinds of thinking patterns uh and in all of the years that i've been a writer clearly i have you know uh, gained a lot of exposure and probably uh, other skills multidisciplinary skills uh, that should help me anywhere you know uh, in any field uh, that i choose so as a result when i started looking for um, my first tech job um, as a data scientist slash data engineer um, i consciously was looking for a role where i would be able to use some of my career capital mm-hmm. i just have had to interrupt because i think that's such a powerful idea uh and anybody listening if there's something they should take away i think this is something because i completely agree with it because when you're transitioning and moving you're always looking at jd's from a very mm, kind of unnuanced uh external perspective and you always struggle to say okay but what is it but when you're very clear about your career capital despite what you've done and all the different things there are a few things that we build that is very unique to us and our yes. strengths and if we're very clear about that most jobs actually become very relatable because you yes. can see what you bring to the table then that's so sorry right. i wanted to pause because i think that's a really powerful idea yeah. so moving from there Yeah so you're you, absolutely yeah. right that's how i would generalize it uh, as well and uh, that also helps you figure out what's not a good fit yeah. for you you know so um i certainly didn't want to um you know uh, go for the kind of uh, programming jobs where i would only be in one uh, programming box yeah. and everything that i had done since the age of 11 would just be meaningless you know mm-hmm. uh i did, i certainly didn't want that uh, so i i applied for a job um uh, with a um, smaller uh not for profit tech company called tattle where um i would be uh coding and i would be doing uh you know a bit of machine learning a bit of data science but i would also be supporting the team with uh communications strategy etc you liked the different aspects of this opportunity and it didn't box you and yeah. uh tell us about that experience yeah so that was great um i got lucky uh, worked with some great people um and uh, you know it's so now i've been doing this for a few years i work for a different company now uh, logically and so when i actually moved in uh, onto this path of becoming a, a programmer is when i actually started thinking about things like okay where do i want to be in 3 years and 5 years i had never thought about that all my life um and then i started setting these goals like okay i want to be a senior engineer in this much time these are the skills i want to pick up um etc and um i started sort of uh, tracking that and i have gotten better at keeping track of uh, where i'm going now so you know the whole uh, 20s ethos of going with the flow is far behind me i think i'm a different person now in a sense so i i i actually now try and track my progress you know um every few months to see whether i have learned something have i done something meaningful um you know what do i want to do next so uh yeah that's where it's at now so you know as as someone listening to your story it's not as happenstance as one would think because there's almost like you were everything you did was setting up you up for where you are 
right? I yeah. mean, li- like you said, I loved the fact that chess, after all, got its place back in your life, not as chess, but the ability to how you think uh, that you applied when you decided to approach what you wanted to do in your 30s. And the exposure of your 20s, in a way, also contributed to perhaps just taking it on, right? The the, yeah. the, the ability to take something entirely uh, new and one wouldn't actually say that would be a next step. So I, I think that's a phenomenal story, Kritika. I'd actually want to end here because I think there's just so much that you've shared. Um, but perhaps a closing thought. Uh, chess was a, came to you. Adventure is what happened over the next few years. Do you think this is the progression or you don't know what next? The difference now is that this, I mean, this third career that I've chosen myself has been a very deliberate and thought through choice. Um, You know, it's not just something I've stumbled into. You've been intentional Um, about it. I've been very intentional uh, and organized about it this time around. So um, I definitely want to give this the time it deserves, you know, so I'm, I think it takes about 10 years, you know, to become good at something. That's probably why uh, I became, you know, good at chess. Um, So I want to give it at at least that much time. And I think I can. And uh, I want to give that a chance. I want to see how far I can go on this path. I think it's an amazing road less traveled, uh, which is what these stories and conversations are. And keep owning it, Kritika. And maybe... Uh, 10 years later, we'll have another conversation. I hope we continue to chat in between. But 10 years later, we'll see where the fourth phase will be. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. Thanks so much, Sandhya. It was great chatting with you. With every conversation with women who are taking control of their narrative, I'm constantly inspired. Don't forget to tune in to the next conversation with yet another woman choosing her own path and owning it.